So I'm excited about what God has in store and in plan for us this morning. The word this morning in prayer time was submission, and it resonated on the inside of me like an earthquake almost. Well, earthquake is the wrong term. Um, there's been so much unrest um, in the world, and then, you know, we're all living. And so we have to go to the Lord each day. But that word submission was like, okay, it wasn't an earthquake. It was, it was like a calming. It was a reminder. You're safe in me. And I am in you and you are in me. And so as we go into worship this morning, I just want to encourage each one of you. Um, submission, it puts, us, it puts us under his wing. It puts us in, in a place where he can speak to the deepest place of our hearts. Um, it puts us under his protection. It puts us in the center of his will, in the center of his love. And so I just encourage you this morning as we go into worship, um, there is a place, there's a place as we worship that is sweet and that is um, wonderful. So I encourage you to seek that place this morning. Amen. Well, if you guys will stand with me, uh, we got a Psalm 9 and verse 11 we're going to read together. But before we read that together, I want to read the two verses leading up to it because I think they're important. I'm just going to read those. And then we'll read together verse 11. And I think it's appropriate because of everything that we're going through, everything that's going on, so much confusion in the world is who do I believe? What's this? This one says that. This one says this. We just need to trust in him. We need to trust in him. God never changes, church. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and forever. He is always the same. Our eyes need to be focused on him and him alone. And I want us all to just turn our eyes to Christ this morning. The two verses leading up to this says, The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble, a refuge in times of trouble. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. He has not forsaken those who seek him. And we are seeking him this morning. Those who are watching online are seeking him. We're seeking him this morning. So let's read verse 11 together on the count of three. One, two, three. Sing praises to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Declare his deeds among the people. Let us worship the King of Kings. Calvary covers it all. We're about to take communion which is the representation of what happened on Calvary. His body broken, his blood shed for you and for me. Hey, could we just think about that just for a minute? Every sin, every issue, every problem, every concern, he paid it all. He paid it all on that cross. Can we just turn our eyes just for a minute to Christ and what he has done for us? Just take a minute to reflect upon that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. We praise your name. We praise your name. Have your way in our hearts today, Lord. Have your way in this place today. Have your way in our homes. Have your way in our cities. Have your way in this country. Calvary covers it all. Calvary covers it all. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to invite you up to grab your elements. Just as a reminder, if you've not been here before, is there's actually two cups. They're stacked on top of each other. So when you go, just kind of you're going to pick up two cups at once. The crackers on the, in the bottom cup and the juice is on the top cup. And would you want to give them instructions as to which aisle to come down? These two side aisles are one way forward, and the center aisle is one way toward the back. If you are in the back rows of these two sections, please move to the center aisle and back to the back table and then circle back around to your seats in order to get your communion elements. If you're in these side sections or in these very front rows, you can come down the side aisles to these front tables and circle back to your seats. And then when everyone has their elements, um, just hold them because we're all going to take it together. We'll be back up. Okay. All right. Come get the elements. How about everyone have a seat? The Lord spoke to me during the, the end of that last song before we came up. And there's something he wants to do in this place this morning. So I'm going to ask if you would all close your eyes. And we're going to begin to prepare our hearts to take communion. We just sang about Calvary. And what you hold in your hands is the representation of his body that was broken to cover your sin. The blood that was shed for forgiveness. The body broken for healing. And right now, as you're sitting here with your eyes closed, I want you to see... I want you to see the person who is tormenting you and hurting you right now or has in the past. This might be a schoolmate who just demolished you every single day or is currently. It may be schoolmates. It may be a group of people. This could be your sibling who you just want to love you, but they just seem to always be on you and at you. And all you want from them is affection. This might be your husband. It might be your wife. It might be, this is a person who you're looking at and you're seeing as a problem. Why can't they just do this? What is their problem? This might be a looter with two bottles of alcohol under their arms, burning, creating chaos. What is wrong with them? This might be a a cop with his knee on someone's neck. What is wrong with him? I want you to see the person who most needs Jesus and you think deserves him the least. See that person in your own life and in your own heart right now because you're going to share this communion with that person. It might be a a mom, your parent. It might be your parent. 
It's often the people who are closest to us that cause the deepest wounds. Might be your dad. For goodness sakes, it might be President Trump or Governor Wolf. Who needs Jesus? Who do you need to release Jesus to in your heart? Because when you walked in here this morning, where there was anger, where there was hatred, where there was hurt, I want you to release it. Whoever it is, wherever it was located on the inside of us this morning, we're going to release it. And we're going to bring Jesus to that person, to that group of people. And when we do this, the blood of Jesus and the body of Christ is going to bring healing to the hearts of all of us. Thank you, Jesus. See that person. And this morning, you're going to take communion with them. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are love. You loved us so much. You sent your Son to this earth to save us from ourselves. And Father, that sacrifice you made was for each and every one of us. Not just for us, for that same person that we're thinking of right now that same group we're thinking of right now. So, Father, we take communion to remember that the price you paid for us was the price you paid for them as well. The same joy that can resonate on the inside of us can resonate on the inside of them. And Father, we just speak love. Love, love, love. Unending. Unending love. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took the bread. We had given thanks. He broke it and he said, Take, eat. This is my body which was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let us partake. Father, we thank you. We worship you. We glorify you. To you be all the praise, all the honor, all the glory, all the power. To you, Father. To you, to you, to you. To you, to you. We turn our hearts to you. We turn our eyes to you. We turn our focus to you. And we completely surrender. Have your way. Have your way. 
Have Your way in our lives. Have Your way in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, guys, let's stand together. We're going to continue to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I believe we're doing Waymaker because He is the Waymaker. With Him, there is nothing that is impossible because with Him, all things are possible. So that impossible situation that you walked in with, I want you to present it to Him right now as we sing this song. Whatever it is, that impossible situation, present it to Him. That person who wants, you were thinking of them, present that person to Him right now, today, this morning, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, nothing is impossible for Him. Let us worship. Do you hear it, church? Do you hear it, church? That is not, that's who I'm not. He is the way maker. These are not our wars. Those personal wars with your children, your wives, your parents, your neighbors, with people in government, they're not your wars. He is the way maker. This is a call. This is a call to step into your spiritual authority, which is one of submission. It's one of release. It's one of trust. It's one of laying it down. Because if the battle is in our hands, we will lose. We have to release it to him. He is the way maker. And we fall in rank behind him. He is King Jesus. He is King Jesus. And he is fighting the battles. And we praise. And we worship. And we, we say hallelujah. We praise. And we worship. This is a call to release, release, release intellectualism, release religion, release spirituality. It's a call to release. It's a call to release and be free. It's a call to be free. Let him work. Release to him. He is the way maker. He is the way maker. Church this morning. As I was praying, I just heard children, children, children. He said, let the little children come to me. And I just started weeping. The first two people up here were children. And this is what he wants. So if you're a young person and you're in your seat and you feel this draw to take a stand and to come up here and to kneel before him. Today is your day. Today is your opportunity. If you have a young one with you and they can't come up here themselves, bring them up here. There's something for the children today. There's something for the teenagers today. There's something for them today that can only be found right here. That can only be found right here at the altar in submission to Jesus Christ. So if you're in your seats and you are thinking about coming up here as a young person, I encourage you to come up here. Don't miss this opportunity. Don't miss this opportunity. We got one more song to sing, but this is for the kids today. This is for the kids right now. He has something for them this morning. So we're going to do one more song. Kids, I encourage you. Don't worry about what people think. Don't look around. We're all here together. We're a family. We're a family. So come before the altar. Submit your lives to Jesus Christ today. He's so beautiful. He's so beautiful. 
someone shared with me that they could see just white flame up here, the presence of God, his, his presence. And it's beautiful. Over and over, I just keep in my spirit singing, beautiful, beautiful. And over and over, the word of the Lord this morning is, you can trust me. Trust him. Trust him. When the whole world is on fire, trust him. Trust him. He will keep you. He will lead you. Thank you. He is faithful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And in the moments when I'm most afraid, I have to say it out loud. I trust you, Lord Jesus. I trust you, Lord Jesus. I trust you. I've gone to bed at night out loud saying, I trust you. I trust you. About specific situations, I trust you. I trust you. And I have to say it over and over again to, to, to hold back all of the thinking that wants to come. Some of it sounds real good. <laughs> it sounds like I've got a point there, but I don't. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I have to, re- we release it to Jesus Amen. in prayer Amen. and in faith. Amen. And we trust him. Amen. He is faithful. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, we just thank you for this time that we've had with you. And it's not over yet, Lord, but we're just so grateful to be in your presence. When all the turmoil is swirling around us, being in your presence is like being right in the eye of the storm. It's just calm and it's peaceful. There may be things swirling around us, but thank you, Father, that when we're with you, we can trust you. We thank you for these things. Thank you that what you're doing this morning in our lives, in our children's lives, and families. Thank you, Father, for restoring families this morning. Thank you, Father. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, we got a few things we want to just mention to you before we do uh, our greeting time. Uh, number one, uh, there will be some offering buckets up here. Uh, we do, we're not currently passing the offering buckets, uh, so you can place your offering. I'll pray over it a little bit later. There'll be offering buckets up here, and then there's a box in the back. You can put your offering bucket. And then there's also Kid Corner. You want to let people know about Kid Corner? Um, if you are, have a child in pre-K through sixth grade, we have sermon bags for them, and we also have sermon notes Um, where they can take notes and do a little crossword and they can take notes on Pastor Jason's message. Um, Those notes go home with you at the end of service. The sermon bag gets repacked at the end of service and you just leave it at your seat and then we'll collect them and it'll be here again for your child. So during the greeting time, if if you are interested in having a bag for your child, if you're not sure if I have one for your child, just come over and ask. Um, And I'm sure that I do. Um, So Kid Corner, sermon bags. Okay. All right. We'll be back in a few minutes. You guys can greet one another. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Simmer down. Simmer down. No, I'm just kidding. Good morning, church. All right. It's wonderful to worship together, is it not? Um, This Saturday on June 13th from 6 to 8, we will be having a worship and healing night. So this is all about worship and just 
all about what we've just done here and just coming into the presence of the Lord um, and just coming with expectations high that he is going to meet with us. Um, I encourage you, if you have a physical need in your body, if you know someone who does, come. Come expecting to meet um, with the Lord. Come expecting to enter into his presence. Um, that's this Saturday, the 13th, from 6 to 8. Um, next up, sports and, ca- sports and arts camp. We've done sports and arts camp, I believe, for 17 or 18 years. So um, this year, Jason and I, I mean, we just kept praying and praying about sports and arts camp. And I think it was before the recommendations came out about, you know, the recommendations for sports and art, or for like camps over the summer and what they wanted to see. We really felt no peace about continuing forward, trying to rally the church and, and to do sports and arts camp the way we've always done it. Um, it felt like it was going to be a fight and we're not afraid of, we are not afraid of a fight. If anyone knows me, I'm not afraid of a fight, but I always want to make sure I'm fighting the right fight, that I'm putting my energy where, where God is in front. And so we really felt peace about canceling sports and arts camp. And I know that's crazy, but we really struggled. We struggled with this decision. And as soon as we made the decision, I mean, there was a flood of peace. So we're releasing it to the Lord. We are not having sports and arts camp this year. Um, but it does not change the fact that the Lord gave me a vision last year of, um, oh, watch how spatial I am. The field is this way. Um, no, it was this field. Thank you, sir. Put your hand down. Put your hand down. Excuse me, older gentleman in the front. Put your hand down. The field, he gave me a, he gave me a vision of this field over here, and it was filled with children running and playing, and they were children from many nations. That's what I saw. It's not what I wanted to see. I didn't conjure. It was children from many nations. This was over a year ago that he gave me this vision. And I'll tell you, last year's sports and arts camp was exciting. We had families from India who were here and serving, and um, we had families from all over Erie. We had families from um, lots of different areas, and it was exciting. But I'm still holding on to that vision that the Lord gave because I want more of that. But it's not going to be this year. Well, hey, God is God. It's not going to be sports and arts camp on the third week of July this year. Um, Man Up Conference is June 20th. This is a men's conference. It's going to be here. If you're interested in attending, there it is. Um, It's from 10 to 11.30 a.m. And um, it's going to be here. And if you want more information, contact Rich. Um, It is a virtual conference. So... And it's free. Thank you, Rich. Um, if you want more information, contact Rich. If you don't have his contact information, you can contact the church and we'll give it to you. Um, uh, contact us at, through the phone number or through info at ecfchurch.org. Uh, last is our ECF team is serving at the city mission today. So we might be light, a couple people, but they are faithfully serving down at the city mission, um, which is a wonderful blessing. And um, lastly, if you have prayer requests, please let us know. We want to pray for you. We have a whole prayer team that just lives to pray for you. And um, go ahead and send those prayer requests to prayer at ecfchurch.org. That is all. Pastor Jason, go slow on the steps. This guy was playing a lot of sports yesterday. He was, he was in his, it was such a great example of how God creates us.
And not everything, everything is for his glory. This guy and his love of sports and his ability to play sports from a very young age, I mean, it's God-given. And so to see him just enjoying that and connecting with families, I mean, he was in his element, but I think he's feeling it this morning. I am feeling it a little bit this morning, I'll tell you. I, I think I thought I was a little bit younger when I was playing yesterday. I can get, I get an amen from someone else in the congregation there that was playing. I'll tell you, you know, it started with, let's just, let's just walk through it. It started with badminton. Uh, Chet's going to get those in a minute. Oh. Baby. Chet's got it. Yeah, I'm going to pray over them, and then he's going to take them. It started with badminton. And you know what? That was, it was physical. It was physical because I don't play anything lightly, so that was okay. Uh, and then it went to wiffle ball. Now, let me tell you, wiffle ball, you think, is just a small white ball and a yellow bat just being tossed around, and then you hit it. No, 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 no. This was like all-out war wiffle ball. Can I get an amen from those guys back there that were playing with me? I mean, it was like we were running, we were sprinting, we were diving for balls. I mean, we were doing all kinds of stuff. And so we had to take a break for a little bit, and then we had to get back into another wiffle ball game. And so we continued to play wiffle ball. And then because, you know, we didn't have anything else to do, we started playing football. We started playing football, and I'll tell you, by about 8.30, what time was it? Maybe 8.30 at night, during the last play of the football game, I was just like, that's it, I'm done. I'm absolutely done, and I woke up this morning feeling every bit of what happened, <laughs> every bit of what happened yesterday, so careful out there, badminton, wiffle ball, football, it's real stuff, man, real sports. It may not be on TV right now, but it was in our backyard, and it was for real, it was for real. So I just want to pray over the offering real quick. And I also want to pray uh, for the city mission team because they're down there right now. They're ministering, they're serving, uh, they're presenting the gospel message. And uh, we just want to pray over them and everything that they're doing. My verse today for offering is out of 1 Timothy 6. It says, now godliness with contentment is great gain. Amen? Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world. How many of you know that? We brought nothing in. Okay, nothing. I mean, we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. You know, I'm excited about what God's doing in our church, in our finances. God's just been stirring us up for some things regarding missions, and I'm not ready to share those yet here this morning, but there's some things that he's really stirring us up from a missions and an evangelism perspective. Uh, so we're really excited about that. And then I just wanted to give you guys a quick update. Uh, we have a campaign to pay off this building, and uh, we're just believing that it's going to go much, much faster because he's able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. And there's certain targets that is on my mind. And my first target is to get the mortgage below a million dollars. And so we've got $133,000 left to get below a million. Now, I mean, if you know what we had a mortgage, we had mortgaged several million dollars. So we are moving. I just want to continue to move quickly. So another 133 will be below a million. And we're going to keep, I'll keep giving you guys updates on how we get that because we want this thing paid off. We want to be debt free. We know that God's got big things in store. Not that we're not doing stuff because we have debt, but God's got bigger things and bigger plans in store when we're out of debt. And we know that for a fact. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for tithes, offerings, for generations giving, for missions giving, for benevolence funds. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you created the church to be a distribution center. 
Father, that we are distributing your gospel, we are distributing funds, we are distributing people out to do your work, Father. I thank you, Lord, that the church is not these four walls or these fields in whatever direction they might be, Father God, but your church is us, your people. Father, you gave your life, your son's life for us. Father, and we just pray, Father, we will continue to be your hands and your feet, Father. I pray a blessing over this offering, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you will multiply it in everyone's lives, including the life of this church. And, Father, we lift up our city mission team to you right now. Father, I thank you, Lord, that they are ministering the gospel message, both in action and in word. So, Father, I just pray for an abundant amount of fruit that's going to come from that. I thank you, Lord, for Camille and that entire team that is down there, ministering, Lord, ministering to the least of these, those who are just downtrodden and need help, Father. And I pray that they will bring hope and light to that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, Chet, thank you. All right, guys, so did you bring your Bibles? Did you bring anything to take notes with? Okay, if you didn't bring something to take notes with, I would highly suggest you pull out your phone or pull out some device, some way to take notes. Because I've got a lot of scriptures to go through. And typically, as most of you know, uh, when I preach or when I do some teaching, I usually do kind of uh, uh, expository. So I'll take a passage of scripture and we'll begin to break down each of the verses. And I typically, that is my standard style. Today, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk about this as being an introductory to the Holy Spirit. And God gave me verses and he gave me things that I believe he organized in my own mind that I want to give to you this morning. And I want you to be able to write it down or have some way to take it away with you this morning. Because I believe it's important. It fits completely to the times and the season and everything that we're going through. And it's amazing and we should be so grateful and so thankful that God has given us the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us in all times, especially in times of uncertainty. So hopefully you guys are ready to be able to take some notes. Uh, Look, guys, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. Have we noticed this? We've noticed this in our own lives. We can see it in the lives of others. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. We need his guidance. We need his wisdom. We need his understanding. We have to be able to have him help us sort through the information that is coming at us. Because there is so much information coming at each and every one of us. I mean, the amount of information, whether it be on Twitter, on Facebook, on the news channels, every which way you turn, you are getting flooded with information. And one thing says one thing, and the other thing says this thing. It was that they caused it. No, they caused it. It was the Republicans. It was the Democrats. It was some other person. It was this other group. And you begin to start looking, going... I don't know what to believe anymore. Come on now. And we begin to be like, well, then, you, then we set our minds to believing something, and then that's it. We're going to believe that this is the real reason, and we start running and posting and doing all these things because we believe this is the absolute reason. Well, we need to be led by the Holy Spirit to know the true reason. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit to understand truly what God is doing, what he is doing in this time, what he is working on. Because I'll tell you what, the plan and the purposes of the enemy is to scatter us. His plan and his purpose is to bring disunity to the body of Christ. And he will use whatever method, whatever tactic it is. And I can tell you as clear as day as I can see, I mean, y'all can see it. What the plans of the enemy is doing. 
I mean, he's, he's having churches be closed. And then he's causing things to happen in the streets. And then there are riots that are happening. And then there's going to be this economic downturn and all this stuff. He is just causing us. He's just trying to separate us. He is trying to divide us. He is trying to bring disunity to the church. He is bringing, he's trying to bring disunity to the country. And the church, we have to step up and be the voice of reason. We have to step up and speak the truth. We have to step up and be love to our community. We have to step up and be like Jesus and be Jesus's hands and feet in this community. We as the church cannot allow the enemy to divide us. And so we as a church, people, us, we need to be very careful with what we're saying and how we're saying it because the, I'll tell you what, God is not pleased if there are Christians causing additional disunity within the church. He just doesn't like it. I can tell you for a fact. He doesn't like it. And the Bible continues to say to speak truth in love. To speak truth in love. So we can speak truth, but we need to be speaking it in love. And so as I was studying for this, uh, I really just felt God kind of gave me like a job description for the Holy Spirit. Okay, so I come from a business background, and, you know, even at the church, we have, like, job descriptions. And, he, and I'm like, the Holy Spirit does this, and he does this, and he does this, and he does that. But the Lord really just started organizing them in my mind and organizing them on a piece of paper that the Holy Spirit actually has a job description. And that job description is to help us. That job description is to show us certain things. And there are four major categories of this job description that I want to share with you this morning. First of all, before, as an introduction to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is God, okay? There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He is God. He is as much God as the other triune parts of the, parts of the Lord. He is God. And a good way to say it, I heard somebody say this, God thought it, Jesus said it, and the Holy Spirit did it. Okay? Right, so God, God the Father, I mean, he is, he is a plan and a purpose. Jesus is the one who spoke creation into existence, right? Jesus was there from the beginning. It's Jesus' words. That's why we use the name of Jesus. There's so much power in his name and speaking his name. He is the word, right? So this is the spoke. This is us speaking it, and it's the Holy Spirit's job to do it. It's the Holy Spirit's job to go out before us, to indwell in us, to create a new creation on the inside of us, huh? The same power that rose Christ from the grave resides on the inside of us. That's the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? That is the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And so I start looking at these scripture after scripture, and I really just started putting this thing together, and I want to get this out to you guys here this morning. Now, first of all, I like to say my daughter's back there doing the AV, doing the slides. She doesn't want you to know she's back there. But I purposely gave as many possible scriptures as I could for her, just so that she could walk through with us to have the biggest challenge that she can have, right? Okay, so the Holy Spirit's job description. I have these main points, and then there are these points underneath it. But before I get to it, I want to go to Galatians 5, verse 16. Because we need to understand what the Holy Spirit is doing. And it says, when, it says I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. We need to be walking hand in hand with the Holy Spirit. 
For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. This, this is the battle. This is the battle that's happening right now. This is the battle that's out there. Disease is of the flesh. We're battling this disease. Fear is from the enemy. We're battling this fear. All this stuff that's having the hate, everything that's going on out there, we are battling this. This is a spiritual battle. And it's a battle that we're warring the spirit against the flesh. Because when we walk in the spirit, we walk as God has intended us to walk. These things are contrary to one another. Look at that. They're contrary to one another. The flesh and the spirit are actually contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The Holy Spirit is working through us, and we are paying attention, then we are partnering with him to allow him to do his job. Listen to that. If we are being submitted, if we are being saying, you know what, Holy Spirit, have your way, we're actually partnering with this job description that I'm about to give you. When we don't partner with the Holy Spirit, when we don't do that, we're actually saying, you've got a job to do, but I'm actually not allowing you to do that job. There's a part that we play in this. There's a part that we have to play in this. So number one, the Holy Spirit points us to Christ. He always points us to Christ. Anything that the Holy Spirit says cannot go against the word of God. He is constantly pointing us to Christ. It says in John 16, and Grace, I'm going to skip to verse 8. John 16, verse 8. It says, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. You understand the Holy Spirit convicts. That is part of his ability to turn us to Christ. To turn our eyes to Christ. It's almost as if his job description is when you're walking like this, he stops us and he points us to Christ. When we're walking in sin or there's something going on in our life, he stops us convicts us, and we look again at Christ. The Holy Spirit's part of his job description is to point us to Christ. Constantly, he is pointing us to Christ. The next scripture here, John 15, 26. Not only is he pointing us, but he bears witness with Christ. It says that, but when the helper comes, whom shall I send to you from the Father, but the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, constantly pointing us to Christ, constantly pointing us to Christ. The Spirit glorifies Christ, takes what is Christ, and then declares it to us as believers. You understand that? He takes what is declared by Christ, and he makes it understandable to us. The Spirit bears witness to believers about our adoption. We have been adopted by God into his family, and the Holy Spirit bears witness with that on the inside of us. And the Holy Spirit searches everything and comprehends God's thoughts. So all of this, all of this is point number one, is that the Holy Spirit is pointing us to Christ. He is pointing us to Christ. And after each one of these points, I have like a reflection. And I want you to stop and think with me just for a minute about this reflection. Number one, are we pointing to Christ? If the Holy Spirit working on the inside of us, and the Holy Spirit is indwelling on on the inside of us, and if we are allowing him to do his job description, which is to point us to Christ, we too ought to be pointing others to Christ. 
If we are not, if we are drawing people away from Christ by our words and by our actions and by other means, then we are not allowing the Holy Spirit to work on the inside of us. Because if you are, he is pointing us to Christ, which means you will be pointing other people to Christ. If we are allowing the Spirit to work in us, then we should be pointing people to Christ. And I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit does not have a political party. I know, that's tough. He doesn't have, guys, come on. He do, I mean, I, there are so many different churches and there's so many different people that I've got to meet and got to spend time with who love Jesus who are not Republican. Shocking. It's not that shocking. Guys, we get ourselves so wrapped up into being that everything that the Republicans do are right and everything that the Democrats do are wrong. That's garbage. That's not pointing people to Christ. Christ is not part of any either political party. He's part of the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He has the greatest kingdom and he's coming back. He is returning for his church. He is concerned with the church and his kingdom. We have to be really careful, guys. Really careful. Are we pointing to Christ? Jesus, only Jesus. Come on. Jesus, only Jesus. Every post, every word, everything that we say, are we pointing to Jesus Christ? Our actions, are we pointing to Jesus Christ? Come on, church. Number two, the second part of the job description for the Holy Spirit, is he empowers us for the work of Christ. So not only part one is he's pointing us to Christ, part two, the Holy Spirit actually is empowering us to do the work of Christ. We are his hands and his feet on this earth. Look at, I mean, look at these scriptures here. For, go to 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verse 11. The Spirit is apportioning spiritual gifts to the church, to his people, to do his work on this earth. It says, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Each and every one of us have the ability and opportunity to receive spiritual gifts to be a better example of his hands and his feet on this earth. The Holy Spirit working on the inside of us is empowering us to be his hands and his feet. And what a time right now could we be as a church, his hands and feet. There is no more important time in history. I know there's always times in history, and every time you're in is the most important time, because that's the time you're in. So guess what that means? It's right now is the most important time in our history. Because we are here, and we have something to do. And we need to be his hands and feet. And we need to love and show how to love. And we need to disciple. And we need to pray for people. And we need to see the sick healed and the lost saved. You, the church, we we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to be able to go do that. There's motivational gifts, there's gifts of the Spirit, there's fivefold ministry. There's so many things that He has given the church to be able to do its job. Not only that, is he, He gives us with power to do it. We started talking about that last week, Acts chapter 1, verse 9. But you shall receive what? Power. You shall receive power. Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Power to do the calling on your life. 
Power to be the mom that you need to be. Power to be the employer, employee that you need to be. Power to be the dad and the husband that you need to be. The Holy Spirit empowers us to be his hands and his feet. The Spirit develops fruit in our life. Evidence of the power working in us is the fruit of the Spirit in our life. Galatians 5.22 But the fruit of the Spirit is love. I love, that. I love that Paul starts with love here. It's just like, let me just set it out straight. Let me just let you know the very first fruit that I'm looking for in your life. Let me just put out there the one, the thing that says faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. This is who we need to be. This is who the church needs to be. This is who we as individuals need to be. We need to be marked by love. Yes, we're marked by miracles, but we ought to be marked by love. Receiving God's love and then giving God's love. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit. God dwelling on the inside of us, being able to work through us and to bring this fruit. Not provoking, if you look at the, towards the end of that verse, uh, in verse 26, it says, not provoking one another to anger, not being conceited, not envying one another. Come on, guys. The fruit of the Spirit, all these things, and then he goes on, Grace, if you can put up uh, the next verse, hey, there you go, verse 26. Let us not become conceited. So here's the fruit. Here's what God's looking for to be manifested coming through our life when we are partnering with the Holy Spirit's job description which is this is what he he wants to bring fruit out of our life. When we're doing this, then this cannot be what we're doing. Let us not then become conceited. Well, I've got Jesus and I have all the answers and so you all everyone else is wrong and I'm so sorry. You're all going to hell. Come on, guys. Honestly, I've met people who were surprised that a Christian was a democrat. They were actually shocked by it. I was like, oh, I can't believe that's true. Really? Guys, come on. We've become, somehow we've become conceited like we have all the answers. Jesus has all the answers. The Holy Spirit working through us has all the answers. And we've become, honestly, the enemy has distracted us. He has distracted us with riots. He's distracted us with COVID. He's, I mean, these are all works of the enemy. There is no doubt. Abuse, hate, abuse of power, racism. It is all a plan and the work of the enemy to hate and not to love. And to bring disunity and not to have unity. It's like clear as day. You can can see it happening. And so we have to rise up against these things. So it says, don't become conceited. Provoking one another, envying one another. Church, let us not provoke. Bible clearly tells us, let's not provoke. Can we love? Can we love that person that feels a different way about something? Can we? I mean, honestly, reflect. This is the part of the reflection on the second one. Can you love someone who thinks differently than you? Can we love someone who posts differently on Facebook? Do we think that Jesus didn't come and die for them as well? He did. So this reflection, are we using the power that is available in us to do the work of Christ? 
Are we using that power that's within us to do? Are we using it to pray, to encourage, to empower, to teach, to mentor, to disciple? Are we displaying this fruit? It's just a question we have to ask ourselves. Number three, the Holy Spirit. He leads us, teaches us, and guides us to be like Christ. So he points us to Christ. He empowers us to be Christ on this earth. But then at the same time, he always is helping us and guiding us to be more like Christ. And sometimes that's painful. Sometimes that's difficult. Sometimes the pruning process hurts a little bit. Sometimes it hurts a lot. Because his ultimate goal, we said this a couple weeks ago, is wholeness for you. Is wholeness for you. The great reward of following Jesus and seeking after him is wholeness. On this earth, we can be whole. And then eventually completely made whole in his presence. So he leads us, that's number three, the Holy Spirit leads us, teaches us, and guides us to be like Christ. Grace, go to John 14, verse 26. The Spirit teaches us and reminds us, says, but the Helper, the Helper, which is the Holy Spirit, from the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to remembrance of all things that he has said to us. He brings to remembrance those things in which we need to remember, when we need to remember it. Sometimes I feel like it's like Total Recall. Is that a movie? I feel like that's a movie. Probably has nothing to do with this, right, what I'm talking about. It's just Total Recall. But that's what the Holy Spirit can do for us. If we are allowing him to work in us, we can have a Total Recall of the things that we need to do exactly when we need to remember them. He can work through that. say, well, I don't remember the exact scripture verse and the exact, but you remember what God was saying in that. And you, that was what was empowering coming through you to minister to somebody else and to encourage somebody else. This is what the Spirit does for us. The Spirit speaks in Acts 8, 29. Then the Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake the chariot. The Spirit speaks to us. He goes after us. In Acts 13, verse 2, listen listen to this. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. He is constantly leading us, constantly teaching us, constantly guiding us. Here's Acts 16. I'm going to end this, the number three here with this one. Acts 16, verse 6 and 7. Now when they had gone through Phrygia, I think it is, and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Whoa. The Holy Spirit forbid them to preach the word of God in Asia. So before we say something, I believe that we should be asking the Holy Spirit, is this what you want me to say? And you say, well, I just need to preach the gospel all the time to everyone. Maybe this is not the exact right time. Maybe the time is five minutes from now. Maybe the time is tomorrow or two days from now. And it's not right now, but we just start going and spewing what we think is the right thing to go say. He stopped them from preaching the gospel. Come on, church. Like, well, what what do you mean? Because they had in their mind something good. 
But we have to also always, always seek what is God, not what is good. What does God want us to go do? It's a one-letter difference between good and God, and it makes all the difference in the world. It makes all the difference in the world. Just one little letter, one little s. It's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Because sometimes you're like, you know, well, the spirit, the Lord told us to cancel sports and arts camp. Like, but no, but this, we got to preach the gospel. We got to see kids and we got to do all these things. But you gave us the vision. But he said, no, it's just like, okay, okay. I don't like the answer, but okay. Because I don't know what he has in store. We don't know all of the exact plans and purposes that he's got planned for this summer, or for the fall, or what he's going to begin to orchestrate through, and that we as a staff would have been distracted on doing something we thought was good, which was sports and arts camp, when he had something so much better over here, that was so much of God, that we begin to see miracles and revival and all the things we're hoping and praying for, but we're distracted over here. This is how we have to live our lives as well. So the reflection on this one, are we being teachable? And being led by him, or are we being led by our flesh and our emotions? We have to reflect on that. Are we being teachable and being led by him? Number four, the last part of the Holy Spirit job description, is he points us to holiness and justice on behalf of Christ. He actually points us to a holiness on the inside. And when we see what's happening on the outside in the world, he's actually pointing us to justice on behalf of him. What he died for, what he came for. He points us to justice. Hebrews 10.29. Look, the spirit can actually be outraged. Outraged. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace, or outraged the Spirit of grace, which is the Holy Spirit? I'll tell you what, guys, that I believe that the Holy Spirit is not real happy with America at the moment. <laughs> Yeah. Our reaction to I just he's not happy. And there are things that he is calling us as a church to do and to be. And he's calling us to love our community, to partner with our community. And we see certain things happen. We say, well, this was this guy, and this did this, and he did that, and he was at this, and he was that. You know what? Jesus came for everybody, all of us, every one of us. He came for us. And so the question I have, this reflection here on number four is, are we being a justice warrior? Are we? There's no doubt that the church opposes abortion. And it's made very clear. But that is not the only injustice that happens. There is sex trafficking that happens right here in Erie, Pennsylvania. Are we outraged about that? We need to be. 
We should be outraged at racism. We should be outraged at persecution. We should be outraged when there are widows and orphans on the street. We should be outraged that anything happening to the least of these, the church needs to rise up and take its rightful place in the community in which he has placed us. So we are not going to be a, a church that is, has one focus and only we're only going to fight one thing. We're going to fight injustice in general at the high level through prayer, through the preaching of the gospel, through bringing Jesus to our community and showing love in every one of the areas in which we see injustice. And I'll tell you what, church, I'm asking, I'm calling the church to rise up. If you have a passion about something, if you have excitement about something, if you feel like God has put something on inside of you that you want to, you can come alongside us and we can help develop and you can go help fight that injustice, then come see me. Come talk to us about it. The two of us aren't going to go fight every injustice that's out there. We don't have time for that. But I'm not just going to go randomly start picking injustices and going after it. I want our church to rise up and say, this is God, put this in my heart. And I'm just a person in this congregation, but I want you to partner with me in prayer and let the Holy Spirit lead the ministry that I want to start to help those who need my help and need the church's help. This is what we need. The church needs to rise up and take its rightful place. Not just the leaders of the church. What is an injustice to you? What grieves your heart? What grieves your spirit? What, when you hear it, begins to make you weep, begins to make you cry? Is it about families? Is it men's ministry? What is it? And ask the Lord, what do you want me to do with that? He put that on the inside of you for a reason. It means he's calling you to something. He's calling you to something. So worship team, I'm going to have you come back up. Because I feel like there was a lot of information today on the job description of the Holy Spirit, and there were some reflections as well. And in general, this, the Holy Spirit always is pointing us to Christ. He's always pointing us to Christ. And the Holy Spirit is always bringing unity and not division. He is always bringing unity and not division. He points us to Christ. He empowers us to do the work of Christ. He leads us and teaches us to be like Christ. And he points us to justice on behalf of Christ. This is the Holy Spirit's job description. And we need to reflect on each and every one of these things. This morning, before we leave, what does God have in store for me? Where am I missing it in these parts? And so we're going to have a prayer team up here while we do this last song. If you just want prayer for anything at all, prayer for healing, prayer for relationship, we're going to have a prayer team here. Liz and I will be here. There will be another prayer team here. Just come up during this last song. Just come up and get prayer. Babe, you want to come up here? And I want to end with this because this is the action I want us to take this morning. We need to yield to the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to yield to the Holy Spirit in our lives. 
What does that look like? It's what we talked about this morning. It's surrender and submission. The Holy Spirit is calling us to live differently. Surrender and submission. When you think of somebody who's surrendering, what are they doing? They're waving the white flag. No longer my power, no longer my strength. I'm actually safer surrendering to God than trying to go any further on my own. If that's you this morning, come up here during this song. Do time with him at the altar. And then this idea of submission or yielding. We're submitting. If you, ever, if you ever come up to a yield sign when you're at an intersection, you have to yield to the other person who has the right of way. And are we yielding to the Holy Spirit? Are we submitting to the Holy Spirit, His plans and His purposes in our life? Yeah, it is, it's difficult to do. But with Him, all things are possible. With Him, all things are possible. So how do we yield right now? We have to remove distractions, repent for actions, and allow Him to work. So I want to give us time this morning to do that. Remove the distraction, repent for the action, and allow him to work. Because that begins to pave the way for what he wants to do in our lives. So worship team, we're going to do this song. Prayer team, if you guys come up here, and we'll be right here to pray with anybody. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are working. You are working. Father, we surrender to you. We yield to you. We submit to you because we trust you. We trust you. We trust you. Even when we don't see it, you're working. That is a promise of the word. Even when we don't feel it, you are working. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. Father, thank you for your work today in our lives. Thank you for the Holy Spirit and all the facets of the Holy Spirit that we can walk with each and every day. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. I have a benediction I want to just speak over you out of Hebrews 13. It says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 Well, we're so glad you guys came today. Thank you for watching online as well. Have an enjoyable day. God is good all the time. Amen. Amen.